there's been this perception that the sports industry was recession-proof. I don't think we're the same way anymore. If you're assuming that layoffs could be happening, get ahead of it. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Set the stage a little bit for the next couple of weeks of guests. I had two amazing interviews this past Friday. One will come up on Wednesday and then one will come up the next Wednesday. The first one will be Kirkland Crawford, sports editor for the Detroit Free Press. What an amazing conversation. He dealt so much with how newspapers have changed and become more multimedia, how they're creating content to attract the new audience, but they also have a responsibility to reporting and journalism. And we went through a lot of his career arc at starting out as a web producer and then ending up as a sports editor as one of the best newspapers in America. Such a great conversation. That'll debut this Wednesday. The next one after that, I had on Dr. Sean Anderson. I talked to him on Friday as well. Dr. Sean Anderson, the author of a new book called The Black Athlete Revolt. That book goes out on February 8th, and so will this episode. Really interesting conversation. We cover the eras of athlete activism, protest, and policy reform, and how, you know, often in the 60s and 70s, you heard about Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali and other voices that were so strong in presenting their opposition to what was happening in the world and how they were being used as athletes. Then things got really quiet during the 80s and 90s. We didn't hear about Magic Johnson and Carl Lewis and, and uh, Michael Jordan really using their voice and platform. And now we're starting to hear that again a lot. In the last 10 years, you've seen a lot more athletes get vocal really start to revolt out there, have their voice heard, use their brand, leverage that platform. And that's where the conversation really takes place is that that shift, that change, why understanding the whole story behind what, what's been happening and how players are getting back their influence. Really interesting conversation. Some of it's hard to hear. Some of these are really difficult issues to talk about, but it's the kind of conversation we need to be having. And I'm, I'm really thrilled that we did. So that will be February 8th. Please tune into that too. And check out the book, The Black Athlete Revolt. It's, I've got an advanced copy. It's a really good read. So, but without any further ado, let's deal with today, which is a fan question, which is all your favorite stuff. Well, what you, what you guys want to know and learn, but it is secret. This person does want not want their name revealed. Hey, Brian, I'd appreciate it if you don't say my name, since this is kind of a sensitive question. I work for a pro sports team in an entry-level position. I absolutely love it. I am really worried about layoffs, though. Do you think layoffs are coming to the sports industry? And if so, what should I be doing to avoid or prepare for the worst? I'm being completely honest and transparent. These are pretty scary times. You know, I've been through uh, at least four different times in my career where there has been layoffs. Once I was as a, a worker and layoffs were coming to our network, Another time as a as a manager, and then two other times as a man. Yeah, a couple times as managers. These are really hard times. It's not fun because trust me, as a manager, you're not you, you don't avoid it. You could be laid off as well, so it's stressful on both sides. You might be making decisions about people's futures and lives, but then at the same time, you could be at risk. So these are really difficult times all around. I will say, over time. There's been this perception that the sports industry was recession-proof, that people, society will always pay for entertainment, and they'll go spend that discretionary cash in this area because it's so important to them. I don't think we're the same way anymore. I don't think the sports industry is hit as hard as others. Tech is obviously being hit hard right now, but I don't think it's recession-proof. I do think that there are concerns about the sports industry and the, the cuts that could be made. Now, 
What am I hearing though? What am I hearing out there? I do talk to a lot of people about this kind of stuff. What I'm hearing is that essentially what we're seeing right now in the first wave of layoffs and cuts are companies that revolve around advertising revenue. The first cuts we've seen in the sports industry, NBC Sports, Bleacher Report, Turner Sports, Pro Football Focus, you know, those companies have started to do a little bit of cutting. And those are all companies that rely upon advertising to generate revenue. We're seeing that happen in the entertainment world and other areas as well. If it's diversified company, so yes, sports teams rely on advertising revenue, partnerships, sponsorships, things of that nature, but not solely. So I think they're a little bit more insulated. Additionally, we've seen a lot of layoffs happen so far in tech, and that can bleed into sports. It's a lot of sports tech firms. There's a lot of sports tech involvement. If that money is drying up there, there might be less venture capital. There's a lot of ways to look at it in that regard as far as investing into the tech space in sports, which is a growing sector. I've seen some cuts in esports. I've seen some cuts at the NFT level at Dapper Labs and others. So some of these trend businesses and then some of these Media companies are the ones I think are at most risk right now. I haven't heard a lot from the sports team or college program type level yet. Not saying it can't come, but I'm just not hearing a lot about a concern there. So I mentioned tech on the broader scale, society scale. There's another one that stood out this week that really concerned me a little bit, but I'm not sure I have my finger on the whole story yet. Thousands of people laid off from Dow Chemical and 3M, which are two major industrial manufacturing companies. What's interesting about that and what stood out to me was that these companies did not have a post-COVID hiring boom. Okay, so let's walk through this cycle a little bit. A lot of organizations laid people off during COVID. And then when the, the pandemic lessened, people got back to work, economy and structure started working again as expected. They had this huge hiring boom. Let's hire, 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 bring back staff, bring back more. We need to be ready for the boom. And now some of those companies are pulling back from where they boom. So they rode this roller coaster, layoff, big hiring, layoff. And that's unfortunate. These two companies I just mentioned, Dow Chemical and 3M, that are laying people off now, they did not have a post-COVID hiring boom. So what they're laying off now is their core staff. And they're doing it because they had poor fourth quarter results and they're seeing a murky future. So that to me is kind of an indicator of there could be some depth to this recession or this layoff. Versus, and I'm not an economist, I'm not pretending to be. I'm just reading and trying to observe and asking a lot of questions. So all this is to say, you have to be prepared in some ways for the worst. One of my favorite sayings and something I live by is, assume the worst and let it bring out your best. If you're always a little bit nervous and on edge that bad things could happen, I'm not saying it has to overarchingly rule your life, that you need to live a life of paranoia and always fearful of what happens next. But if you're assuming things could go wrong, Hopefully that gives you enough focus to bring out your absolute best and not wait for tomorrow. Do everything you can to be invaluable to your organization. Establish leverage wherever you can and follow some key principles towards growth. You do these things and you become one of those people that when a manager has to make a decision and say, do we want to keep this person? Do we want to keep that person? What's our, how are we evaluating this? Where do we need to cut budget? If you become invaluable, that conversation becomes easy. And you're like, no, I can't lose that person. They're, they're great we need to keep them. So if you're kind of assuming that things could go wrong and you're absolutely bringing your best every day, you become a lot harder to cut. But let's get into this a little bit differently. I want to get to give you a couple other key things to focus on. If you're assuming that layoffs could be happening, 
you should be networking like crazy. Now, I also would say networking should not be a one-time activity that you do every so often when you need to find a job. This should be a year-round activity. You should be building out your your network of people that you know you can talk to, that you can get advised by, that you can hear about new opportunities from, mentorship, guidance, then your networking should be a full-time, all-the-time job activity, not a job. I mean, it's not a job. You have other jobs, but it should be a full-time activity. It should be something you do all the time. And now that will really bear fruit. This now is a really important time that you should have a thriving network because it, as things are a little bit tumultuous, you want to rely on that network to find out about new opportunities or insight or knowledge. So important. So just keep networking and, and do it as much as possible. As far as at work, up your responsibilities. Take on more, offer up additional help, learn a new skill. If this is really the time for you to be saying, I am so valuable to this organization, because if there are conversations going on right now about the potential for layoffs, you need to be in that mix right now, proving and in the top of mind saying, no, that's somebody we need to keep. Advocate for yourself. You know, make your value known in subtle ways. Be the person that people like to work with. Be a good teammate. Take on leadership opportunities. This is huge stuff. Going through this as a manager before, you absolutely think about who will works well as part of a team. Who's a good leader? Who do people like to be around? Who raises the culture in a positive way? Who is a good person for our environment? You absolutely can take those things into consideration. So if you are somebody that is fun to work with, brings a positive energy, is a good leader, good teammate, that's going to make you much harder to replace. That's the best leverage you can get as an early entry-level employee because you might not have skills leverage. Like you have, you can do something that's totally irreplaceable, but if you're good to work with and you bring a positive energy, that can be the decision maker. That can be the one to 5% difference of choosing between you and somebody else if layoffs start to become real. Being a manager and having to make these decisions is excruciating. But I know from my past experience in this, I've looked at it sometimes and been like, that person is so good for our environment, we need to keep them. So keep those sort of things in mind. Layoffs are never easy. Hard on everybody. Get ahead of it. Don't be surprised by it. Up your skills. Take on a class. Let people know. Learn a new responsibility. Be the person people want to be around. And network like crazy. And then no matter what happens, you'll either land on your feet or you'll stay where you are. So like I said, assume the worst to bring out your best. All right, Kirkland Crawford on Wednesday, sports editor of the Detroit Free Press. And then the following Wednesday, Dr. Sean Anderson, author of The Black Athlete Revolt. Really interesting conversations. Tune in for those on our Wednesday episodes. I'll see y'all soon.